Hello, and thanks for joining us, everyone, on All Things Evangelism. This week, we are talking about how to find Bible studies. And I've got two of our North New South Wales Conference Bible workers here with me today, Courtney Tyler and Greg Fernandes. Courtney is a Bible worker in Tweed Valley at the Tweed Valley Adventist College. She works there with Chaplain Marty Bernard. She is an experiment of sorts where... You know, a few years back, we just wanted to hire her as a Bible worker because she showed signs of potential in that area. She loves people and sharing scripture with people. She came to Arise, and I thought, ah, we got to find a place for Courtney, but we didn't have enough money. So I got on the phone. I started calling all the schools in our conference in Tweed Valley, raised their hand and said, yeah, we'd love to have to partner with you having an Arise Bible worker on the conference, or sorry, on the campus to minister to kids and to help our chaplains give more Bible studies. So Courtney... Thank you for joining me today. No worries. Good to be here. Yeah. And uh, Greg Fernandes, he is uh, a recent convert to the Seventh-day Adventist faith. He's uh, from Grafton. He's a Grafton boy. And he, um, when he came to faith, had the privilege of developing a relationship with Pastor Stephen Megatis, who now pastors at Avondale Memorial. And Stephen mentored him and was a brother to him. And they journeyed together uh, and into baptism and into membership into our church movement. And Greg is, um, has been a powerful witness in this community. And he is like the woman at the well who just went and told the village and the village got excited about Christ. And we just recognized and, and acknowledged how God was working through him and asked him if he'd like to be a part-time Bible worker. Actually, your pastor, Stephen Sinzio asked that. And, uh, and for the last year, you've been kind of a half-time Bible worker in Grafton. And now going into 2021, you're going to be a full-time Bible worker. Thank you, uh, Greg, for joining me, brother. Thanks for having us, Matt. Yeah, man. So um, before we get started and, and jump into our topic, how to find Bible studies and how to you know, obtain Bible studies with people, um, you guys want to say just something about yourselves, just something real quick, something interesting, uh, so that everyone, I don't know, something fun, a fun fact, an interesting something about yourself? Sure, I can go first. Um, I think just an interesting fact about me is that like, I, this was never my plan to end up in this situation where this would be where my life goes. And I just praise God for his leading in my life and the fact that, yeah, he knew better that what would satisfy me would not be to study my science-based degree or whatever that I was going to do, but that I have the privilege of seeing God work every single day in, in people's lives. Um, and that that leads to eternity. And I think that, that that's an awesome, an awesome. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So you, you're, you're kind of continuing down this ministry path, right? You're now studying at Avondale college for chaplaincy, yep. counseling ministry. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Cool beans. Greg, fun fact or a fact of sorts. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Matt said, I'm, I'm fairly new to all this and like I've only been in the faith for like five years now and, and I get, I guess, at first glance, you you can look at me walking down the street and not even think that I'm a man of faith. And I'm I'm the same as Courtney. I come from a background where I thought that I'd never end up in ministry. You had to ask me that, you know, ten years ago. I would have told you where to go. And here I am because God is good, and God always knows your deepest desires, and mm. He put me right in that. Amen. And even though you guys are working and you're working as Bible workers. And your half chaplaincy ministry there, Courtney. We're all kind of called to ministry, right? And 
everyone out there who's listening. And I think that's important to, to remember. And the satisfaction that you guys are enjoying for ministry and reaching out, everyone can feel to a degree, right? Because we're all participating together as a church family in this great work of mission and reaching the lost. Jesus says, you know, as a father sent me, so I send you. And the son of man came to seek and save the lost, right? Yeah. So, okay, hey, um, guys, let's just get this conversation started with me asking you, how do you get Bible studies? Because you both have a few Bible studies, people in the community, people at the school that you're studying with. How did you get those Bible studies? Care for it, Greg. Yeah. Take it. Okay, so how it all started for me is I, I didn't have a lot when I first started. I just, you know, I started with one. And yep. um, I, I met the person and, and just became a part of their life. So had them come with me everywhere I went and um, help them out in their daily, their daily routine, what they needed to doing. So nothing special, you know, maybe that was cleaning their house or listening to their sob story or, you know, um, just being a part of their world. And then all of a sudden that person begins to trust you and they ask questions. And as, as they ask questions, then, then that led to, to a more spiritual conversation, which then led into Bible studies. And that's how it went for me. And after that, um, I, um, whether it was mowing people's lawns, cleaning their houses, or, you know, just taking them shopping down the street, you know, just doing things like that, which led to that conversation. What, tell me about your life and, and where you've come from and, and what do you do? And, and, and then they, they question that, you know, well, why God or why? And then that opens up that conversation. And some studies start off as a secret Bible study, I like to call them. You know, you don't even say, look, we're going to do a Bible study. Just go to their home, you know, and you go, let me share something with you. And that brings up a question and you can answer that question. And then it just continues on until all of a sudden you're doing studies with people. That's awesome. Wow. You're interested, hey. Yeah. There's, there's that, that whole, there's the whole concept of being interested with Philip in the Ethiopian eunuch where he just kind of comes alongside and asks some questions, you know, hey, what are you reading? And this, yeah. this is a short, it's a short exchange of, yeah, exactly. Between the two, but it just shows he's being interested. Like, you're over yeah. there reading. We're traveling together. Hey, I'm interested in you. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> There's this girl um, in Canada. I won't mention her name. She's just reached out to me after we've not been in contact for a good amount of years. But I met her when she was about 13 years old, and I was doing Bible work in a church in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada called the New Westminster Seventh-day Adventist Church. And this girl, man, she was quirky and crazy and wild. And you could tell, like, a lot of the older people in the church, it's not that they didn't like her. They, they did like her, but they just didn't know how to handle her because she was just, you know, so high-octane and wild. She was a, a native girl who, and that's, like, the Canadian way of saying Aboriginal, um, whose mom had had been killed when she was just a girl and her mom's life was pretty wild and crazy. And so she had been adopted by a Jamaican Seventh-day Adventist lady who had immigrated to Canada, her and her brother and her sister. And so, yeah, real sad life, tragic life, but she was high octane, crazy, wild. And she used to always pretend that she was a, 
different person when she'd meet you she'd be like hi my name is johnny hi my name is johnny and just be like ridiculous you know and uh i just i made this commitment that i was going to get to know her and she was just so insulting and rude and goofy and towards me you know like every time i so i'm like this 25 year old guy who's conservative christian you know in her eyes and, you know got it all together and perfect and i just come from wildlife but i just i'm just convinced i'm gonna try to be your friend be your friend and every time i say i'd ask her questions and she'd insult me and be stupid and be crazy and you know make fun of me or try to embarrass me or something but i realized she was just testing me anyways i just kept being nice and cool and asking questions and trying to be interested in her and just kept believing she's a human she's eventually gonna chill out and talk to me <laughs> and then i heard that she had like this poem right she wrote poems and when i heard she wrote poems i asked her one day hey i heard you write poems you know and i wrote poems too and i hate to admit this publicly but at the time i had <laughs> and i was like yeah i've written some poems too and and yeah maybe i could read your poems and she's like and she's like yeah sure i love that and she just gave me all these poems like 20 poems and i gave her like five of mine and she read my poems and i read her poems and and I read her poems so well that like I read those things. And I, I read them like 20 times. I mean, what interest do I have in like a 13 year old girl's poems? Like they're going to be so typical and they were so typical. Like, you know, <laughs> like roses are red, violets are blue. I'm so sad because I love you and you don't love me. You know, it's just stuff like that. Anyways, long story here, but when I, I gave her back her poems and I started to talk to her about her poem and she realized that I had really read them well because I would talk to her about the specific parts of her poems and what I liked and the things I didn't like. And I just had a real conversation with her and said, Oh, I thought that was really smart how you communicated that thought in that way. And that was really profound and meaningful to me. Yeah. Thanks so much. And then all oh, with that, Oh, that's just typical girl stuff, you know, just joking around. It's just like a friend. And once she realized, wow, this dude has really listened to me and actually heard me and uh, he's interested in, in my well being and who I am as a person. It was like, changed yeah. and then a really great relationship developed and she became like my little sister and she's joined our little bible working crew as like a family and started getting bible studies from the girls and yeah and, uh, yeah it was like she she became part of the family and it was beautiful just reminds me of a quote which was coming to mind when i was thinking of this topic but also it just fits perfectly with what we're talking about um from ministry of healing where it says that christ's method alone will give true success in reaching the people um, the Savior mingled with people as one who desired their good. He showed sympathy for them, which is kind of what we were talking about, just connecting, um, ministered to their needs and won their confidence, and then he invited them to follow him. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, definitely. I really think that that is often, like there's no one way to, to engage someone in a Bible study. Like it's literally because every person is an individual. Like yeah. it's just asking for the Holy Spirit to give you the wisdom that you need to be able to connect with people in such a way. Um, that is genuine because you love them because they're a child of God, um, but in an effort to not just connect them to you, but then to connect them to Christ. Mm -hmm. So do you, do you guys have a, have a story that you could tell us or just like a, well, I wouldn't say it's a testimony, but yeah, a story of an occasion where you got someone, you got a Bible study, you, you had a friend and that transitioned into Bible study. Yeah. Well, I can go again if you want. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Actually, the the my best man at my wedding, hey, you know, and this is probably one of my favourite stories because like I, I'd hung out with this guy for so many years. Like we were we were um, partners in crime, you know, back in the day, and um, 
when I become a Christian, um, he was he was all like, you know, oh, things are different now, you know, and 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 he used to joke around a lot, you know, oh, one day I'll come to church with you and I'll get a bit of Jesus, you know, and, and muck around like that, you know, and and I just used to visit him and and we still hung out and like if we went to the pub for a meal or whatever, like I wouldn't have the beer, I'd have a ginger beer and my life would be a little bit different in that respect. But um, every time I went with him, I prayed. Mm. You know, I'd always like to pray for him. And um, then um, one day, yeah, he, he had that defining moment in his life where, where he got hit by a car and, and life caused him to think a little bit, you know, about, about his life. And, and um, he, he asked me, you know, if, if you had scripture for me right now, what would it be? You know, and I was able to share um, Romans um, 8.18 with him, you know, that the sufferings that we have now are nothing compared to the glory that will be revealed in us later. And um, then he started just to ask questions, you know. Why, why isn't heaven full yet, you know? All these people have died, so why isn't heaven filling up? So, like, the first ever Bible study I did with him was, like, the state of the dead. And um, it, that just from then on, it changed his life. And um, he started coming to church and, and yeah, and then every moment then we were, we were hanging out together again constantly, but in a different setting of life. You know, he was coming to the studies, he was coming to the, the, the groups with me, you know, and he was coming to church and, and yeah, it's just, it's been an amazing experience to, to watch. Praise God. Yeah. How about you, Court? Oh, uh, I just have a few different things coming to mind. I think I'm just going to tell a story in general terms because I've seen this happen, you know, multiple times, I guess, and in different contexts as well. But, but often, you know, you can just kind of like what you said, Greg, you can, I just love that. That was your best friend. I think that's an, a beautiful story of God using you to reach someone and how special to be part of their journey. Working in a school context, I guess it can be interesting at times to connect with parents or students um, who, you know, are either in a really difficult situation in their life or they're searching for something they don't even realise what they're searching for, um, that kind of scenario. And often a really beautiful way that I guess I've just seen God work is in situations where you just are having that conversation. They're opening up to you about something or um, a difficulty that a parent's having with their child or um, a life circumstance or a student at school who's, who's going through difficulties, whether they're, they're um, you know, in their own well-being or social situations, that kind of thing. And I guess just being able to sit with them and, and talk with them and, and probably offer practical help that often comes as part of that conversation. But then also to be like, hey, what's your journey with God like? And to actually be able to to, to care for the spiritual aspect of people that's often neglected um, in, I guess, secular society when you're, when you're offering support to people, um, to be able to offer that spiritual aspect of support. And um, whether they ask questions or whether they're open, at times you're able to really just see the spirit lead in a conversation to be able to take it in such a way that you're like, hey, would you like to, to, to talk about this some more sometime? Would you like to, to open God's word together and to be able to see what he says about I don't know, his love for you or about that question you asked or about how he can offer hope in this situation or um, fill in the blank. And I just, that's what gets me excited um, to be able to work every day and serve alongside um, a team here at this school because God works and you know that every day he's going to do something. Um, mm. 
And I guess just on that point, I would love to say like, I think a huge key part of like um, finding Bible studies, if you want to call it that, is that like we have to be intentional about praying for divine appointments and praying for opportunities because there's no one way to get them. Um, and there's no, no one way to be able to just reach someone. And so if we are, are open and, you know, if we are looking for those opportunities and then, and then listening to the Holy Spirit to actually take them when they come, that really, I believe, is the key. And so we have to be connected to be able to be aware in that moment that God's giving us an opportunity to share his love and his light and to guide, um, you know, in a truthful way in someone else's life. Yeah, that's really good. I really appreciate that. Like being intentional and prayerful and mindful because so like say you're praying in the morning, you're praying in the afternoon, you're praying at night, whatever, all of the above maybe. And in those prayers to God, you're saying to him, Lord, open my heart, open my mind. I want to see who's receptive to your Holy Spirit. I want to see who's open to knowing the truth and being set free. And so help me to see that person. Help me to find that person help that person to find me, help me to see when's a great opportunity. And I think if you're praying that regularly and then taking that prayer in faith and then looking and counting on God to answer you, because of course God wants to answer that prayer. Like he's in heaven wanting everyone to be saved and, and calling us to reach out and preach the gospel to every nation. So it's like, yeah, he's going to answer the prayer and then praying that prayer, being mindful and watchful, we're going we're gonna to find someone. There's going to be someone there in our life, in our context, that will be open to Bible studies. Is there any, like if, any other practical advice that you guys would give? Like your Bible workers, it's what your whole job in life right now is to find people who are open to studying Scripture, sharing Scripture with them in a spiritual, Jesus-centered way, and helping them come to a decision for Christ. Mm-hmm. If a church member came to you and said, okay, give me some more practical advice, some more practical, specific advice, what would you say? Hmm. I want to find Bible studies. I want to find people to study the Bible with. I think it's really important. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, intentional prayer, but, and then. Really important, yeah, to one, be prayerful, like we've talked about, and you be connected, but then also not to box. Like, every opportunity is an opportunity to, to reach someone. So whether or not that is, you know, I could easily switch off, and, and this is a great example for anyone who is a follower of Christ, like, you might be like, I'm going to win someone in my workplace. Well, that's great. But what about the person that you stood in line with at the grocery store? What about the person that cuts your hair? What about the person um, just, and so it's really asking for awareness so that you don't clock on and clock off, but that like you are, you are always, you know, a conduit of the Holy Spirit that somewhere in your day, and it may not be where you expect it. Um, it might be your workplace, but it might be, um, it may not be a colleague that you reach. It might just be, um, a friend like that you shared Greg or it may be a total stranger that God puts in your path someone you sit next to on a plane like that you have a spiritual conversation with um, and that that can lead somewhere for them mm. second Timothy 4 2 preach the word be instant or ready mm-hmm. in season and out of season don't clock out it's basically what you just said <laughs> yeah so that's something um, very good Greg, what have you got? <laughs> uh, I was just going to share. I, when I when I first started in all this, I used to put a lot of pressure on myself, and I, like I advise people not to do that. Don't don't go right. I have to get this many Bible studies to be successful or whatever. You know, just just start off with one. Mm. 
And when, when you get that one, when you pray for that one and you get that one, really focus on that person. Make your whole world about them. You know, let them observe everything that you do. Like it says in the Great Commission, you know, to observe all things that you have taught me. And, and when they do that, it sparks a chain reaction in their life and the people around them see the change in their life. And then the people, and then you study with that. That person comes to you and goes, I've seen the change in that person's life that you've been studying with. I want that. Hmm. And I have, just in the last month, I've gained a lot of studies like that where I've studied with someone and God has worked on their life in, a, in an amazing way, which has brought their friend along and said, I've seen the change in, in him and I want that. Hmm. And then you get that opportunity with that person to make your whole world about that person. And then that person goes and has a group of friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. The chain reaction that happens when, when you allow God to work like that. Well, there's, there's always more. Hey, like as a yeah. Bible worker, you know, that like, you know, when you're, when you're connecting with someone, it's likely they're going to have connections where yeah. people are searching as well. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Amen. And, and yeah, everyone has brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles. And if you're given a study to a, a housemate of someone else, the housemate's going to be there at times when you're studying. And, you know, I, I wanted to, to focus on something that you just said, Courtney, because it was really, it stood out to me. And it was every interaction is an opportunity. And my mind went to the place where I thought, yeah as a spiritual person, you may not be giving a Bible study to an individual, a friend or a family member, but every interaction you have with them can be a a spiritual blessing for them or a positive in the direction of the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. And that could help trend towards something more deep, right? So it's like, we're sometimes just looking, it's almost like we want the house to be built like in two seconds, right? So it's like, someone's going to come to me and be like, study the Bible with me and show me the truth. Um, but it might, might be that I have, in, I have 15 interactions with someone and in each of those interactions, if I'm connected to God and being a, a positive spiritual blessing to them or asking them good questions, getting them to think about things, um, being a spiritual person like you did, Greg, with, with your mate, your best buddy, you prayed with him. Every time you got together when you prayed with him, like you were through those prayers, like having a positive effect in his heart. And he was just like being warmed by that and softened by that. And then yeah. it eventuated into a Bible study. So you didn't go from zero to a hundred, like in two seconds. Yeah. And so yeah. if we could see that every, it's almost like you have to realize that getting a Bible study is not just like having this perfect interaction with someone and then I have a Bible study with them now. It's yeah. kind of this point that I was yeah. brought to in my mind from what you said there, Courtney. Yeah. And it's often like there are times when it can be uncomfortable and it takes a moment of boldness. And I just say that too, because I'm naturally a um, a somewhat shy person in my natural personality. And I just really have, have, I guess, come to learn that sometimes it just takes a moment of going, you know what, I just need to die to self in this moment. And sometimes it's harder with friends than it is with strangers. Um, But just say like, just invite, just ask, because what's the worst thing they can say? Like the worst thing they can say is no, yeah. um, but you've been faithful and that's success. Success yeah. is that you were faithful and that you invited um, and that you gave the opportunity. Um, yeah. yeah. No, that's really, really powerful. Mm. Greg, you were, you were saying 
a few things after too that I thought, man, that's really powerful that you could have a friend and you can have a, you know, you can start Bible studies with a friend and just focus on that person and really, really, really do your best to represent Jesus to them and to share scripture faithfully with them. And, and then other things will happen. You know, it's like one life changed affects multiple lives. If you had uh, a cousin and that cousin was say addicted to alcohol and their life was really being thrown out of whack because of that. And then you shared study, you had shared scripture with them and the power of God changed their life. They cleaned up, they became a better husband, a better dad. Now you've just changed an entire family just yeah. from one Bible study. So you were saying you used to put tons of pressure on yourself. Like, Oh, I got to have million people in my, in Bible studies. And that's the only way I can affect the world. And yeah, you can kind of become careless then and not really focused on people and what you're really doing. Yeah, absolutely. It's like one step at a time, one step at a time, do one thing at a time. And that amounts to more later. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. So, okay. People are busy. Life is crazy. How can they ever fit in giving Bible studies, right? Or even finding someone to study the Bible? Oh, I just think it comes back to that mentality shift again that I kind of mentioned before that Bible studies don't necessarily have to be like out there. Like people to reach don't have to be like outside what you're already doing. And so uh -huh. um, I just really believe that number one, just ask God for someone, like ask for someone and then have the awareness to, to see when God's leading in that conversation. And it may be that it is, um, it could even be, you know, someone that you work with. It could be someone that's within your own church that actually attends church every single week that hasn't made a decision to be baptized, um, that, that maybe wants to know more, but just hasn't connected with someone. Um, it may be, yeah, a friend, Greg, like you said, like they don't have to be people that are out there somewhere that you need to find, like maybe they're under your nose. And if God gives you the awareness, um, it's not about like adding extra to your schedule, but about like being in more intentional in the time that you do have and the, the way that you do live. Yeah. Hey, I've been really fortunate in my life to have worked on teams of Bible workers. So when I first came to faith, I went to a mission school. And then after I left the mission school, I went to just volunteer around the country with just different groups of people doing outreach ministries and evangelism. And there'd be five of us, 10 of us, 12 of us, and over time, you begin to realize that there might be four or five people who are getting a lot of success, a lot of success, and they're getting more studies than everybody or whatever. Um, and then there'll be another group of people who are getting a good amount of Bible studies, and there'll be another group of people who aren't really getting hardly any Bible studies at all. And in all three of those groups, you had various personalities. So you, you naturally think that the successful group, the ones who are getting outperforming everyone, they have a certain personality, a certain disposition, a certain like way of relating to everyone. But that was totally not the case. And in, in all three of those categories, you had just different personalities. And so you might have somebody who was really quiet and reserved in all three of those categories, like underperforming, doing okay, and then doing really well. And you'd have people who were outgoing and like, socially out there all the time who were in all three of those categories and so what the dividing factor was never your personality it was always just it was usually spirituality you know commitment level and a willingness to be led of god and not afraid to fail and 
diligent and methodical and hardworking and patient, you know, just the basic skills that kind of make you successful in almost any area in life. Um, but I just wanted to say, like, I had this friend named Jay and Jay, his, he was always a very successful Bible worker. And his approach was like, I used to call him the mayor. Cause when he was walking down the street, like out in the community, he's talking to everybody. He's everyone's best friend. He's like kissing, like mayors, like kiss babies. And they like this in America, there's this like, I have like image of mayors. They just run around kissing babies and acting like they're everybody's friend. And yeah, he's like the mayor, man. And it was just who he was. And he really just liked people. He liked to talk to them and he was so interested in everything about them. And he'd have like 50 contacts and 15 Bible studies. He had a brother, brother named Jeffrey who was the exact opposite. He didn't talk to anybody on the street. He just didn't care to. <laughs> and he'd just go out there and directly talk to people. Hey, you, I'm with a group of young people. We're looking for anyone in the community who's interested in Bible studies. And then, he, okay, no, God bless you. Move on. And he'd have like 10, 10 contacts and 10 Bible studies. So his brother has like dozens of contacts or, you know, and just a, and, and a certain amount of Bible studies. He doesn't have very many contacts at all because their approach was just so different. They're just such different people. And so one of them is just like to the point, direct, asking everybody, that's it. Another is just like friends with everybody, you know? And I think the one had a higher capacity for just emotional interaction and the other had a lower lower threshold he just couldn't handle emotionally having so many relationships with so many people and that was okay you know and i just been bringing this out because yeah we're all different and so you're kind of reflecting that and how to get bible studies how to find a bible study well yeah. you're not going to find them the same way hmm. and there are people in your sphere of influence that god wants you to reach that perhaps unless, I mean, God's going to reach people anyway, but like maybe he's put you there to reach them because he knows that uniquely you have that opportunity in a way that other people don't, regardless of your personality and regardless oh, of. Yes. I'm so sorry for interrupting you. We're, for those of you guys who are listening, we're like, we're not in each other's presence. We're on Zoom. So it's like. Uh, uh. <laughs> that was all I had to say. So you can say. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I had to say. You can keep interrupting me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so. Have you guys have, do you have anyone that's studying with you now or that has been in the last year or two who you never thought that they'd ever be interested in studying the Bible? Yeah, hundred um, percent. Actually, this is super exciting. I studied with a, with a mom from school yesterday and the way I connected with her was because another mom that I'm studying with, like, was like, you need to study with Courtney. You need to study with Courtney. She's awesome. Da, 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 da. And eventually like her friend's like, fine, I'll, I'll meet, you know, the chaplain at school, whatever. Um, and so she just is literally like, you would, like you would never connect with her on her doorstep and, and, and have her say yes to a Bible study. Like she's, she's a typical Australian, like rough mum, if that makes sense. And, and she's coming to church tomorrow for the first time. Um, and again, like she's not 100% all in yet, but I just, every time I meet with her, I just think like, praise God, like she, you would never pick that she would say yes, but she's open to looking into it. Her son's asking questions. Actually, it was during COVID um, where we were doing like videos every day to send home to the students and her son asked her questions that she didn't understand the answers to. She's like, I don't know. I don't know, mate. Like we're going to have to, yeah, we're going to have to talk to the people at school about this. Um, but yeah, every week when I study with her, it's just like, 
this is a miracle. Like, God, please, please continue working in her life because she's not fully in yet, but she's on the journey. Yeah, unreal. Well, hey, guys, thank you so much for, for joining me. And thank you, everyone at home or in your car or wherever you're listening to us from. We really uh, appreciate your time and uh, you joining us in this conversation. We have a lot to learn and no one is the expert in outreach ministry and soul winning. We learn over time and we become more proficient and capable, but we're always learning and we're always growing. And I hope that this conversation and the wisdom that these guys have shared and the experience that they've shared could be a real blessing to you and an encouragement. And I hope that there were some practical insights that you've, you've been able to glean from this. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and you can go there and subscribe to get reminders. We'd love for you to do that. And you can share it with a friend uh, to join the conversation about all things evangelism and how to get Bible studies. So um, keep these guys in your prayers as they continue to minister in Jesus' name and try to win young people and not so young people to the truth.